Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. And I want to start off by thanking God for such a wonderful community that we get to serve. Uh, a community that truly fears God and that truly loves God and loves their neighbor uh, and truly is following what Scripture uh, has commanded us and has been taughting us, uh, teaching us for many years. Uh, this weekend was our outreach uh, nights. And the last two nights, we had uh, Father John Butchers come and speak to us about arms wide open. And many people entered into the church and found the message truly of hope, that God is truly embracing every single one of us, no matter what label we are given. And it's, Father John yesterday spoke about, you know, sometimes we give ourselves labels, but yet God is able to change this label. He spoke about uh, Rahab the prostitute, and that was her label. Her label was a prostitute. And this morning, I'm thankful for three women that we hear in the gospel um, of last night's uh, Vespers, this morning's Matins, and this morning's uh, Liturgy. And these three women have labels that we, you know, the, the Scripture has given them labels, or people around in Scripture have given them labels, but those are not their true labels. We see in Vespers, we see the woman... We see the woman uh, that had a blood flow, and she was labeled probably as unclean to the people. But we'll see later on that she was healed from that label. And we see this morning that there was a Canaanite woman that she shouldn't even eat from the crumbs that fell from the table. Um, or, or, you know, the Lord kind of like, she, she felt that she couldn't have salvation because she was not a Jew. And also this morning we see this woman that was labeled as a sinner woman. We don't know her name. We don't know much about her, but we know what she has done. And I'm personally thankful for these three women because they were truly brave and they were truly bold in everything that they encountered. You know, this morning's gospel or the, the, the passage that we just read doesn't really make sense a lot. Why would Jesus go and sit with the Pharisees? Simon invited him to come and eat. Why would you go and sit with the Pharisees? The Pharisees and all these people were always trying to, you know, trap you, Jesus. They were always asking you questions and so forth, and they were trying to trap you. And you know that they didn't respect you. And we know that they didn't respect Jesus, that Simon didn't respect Jesus, because actually the, the setting was that Jesus would come over to somebody's house or anybody that would enter somebody's house at the time, they would offer at least to wash his feet because there was so much mud and so much things in the street that at least what you would do is offer to wash these, this person's feet if you had a little bit of respect. If you had a little bit of respect, when we invite somebody over, we offer and we tell them, come and sit. You know, when our parents come over, we tell them, sit at the head of the table because we honor our father and mother. 
because we have a lot of respect, but Jesus didn't have that. It seemed like Jesus was a little bit further off from this table that maybe the more important people, quote unquote, for Simon, the Pharisees sat up at the front of the table with Simon and Jesus kind of sat at the back and yet didn't receive any water or anything to clean his feet. But this woman came in and said, I'm going to wash his feet. It didn't make sense, Jesus, why would you go and sit? You just started saying that you came to those that needed healing. And obviously the Pharisees and the scribes needed healing, but before that he would go and sit with sinners and, and so forth and change their life. You know, a lot of times when scripture just doesn't make complete sense, but you add the Jesus, you know, you add Jesus in there, you know that a big change is gonna happen. Whatever reason that, that Jesus chose that day to go and eat with the Pharisees instead of the tax collectors and the sinners, it turned out to be some sort of a big deal because of these people that do, that crash the party. This woman that crashed the party. I don't know if you've ever, you watched the movie, uh, The Wedding Crashers, but The Wedding Crashers is a movie that like, you know, people that are not invited to the wedding crash the wedding. And you know, I, I always felt like, okay, let me do this one time. Let me just go crash a wedding. You know, any wedding that we go to, you know, the all these reception halls, there's like four or five weddings. You could go to any wedding and see which one has the better food and see if it's okay. But it's a little bit uncomfortable. Obviously, if you crash a wedding, it's uncomfortable. If you go to somebody's house uninvited, it's uncomfortable. But this woman this morning, or these three women, we want to see three things that they had. And we know that they were bold and we know that they were brave and we know that they were fierce and that they were able to crash three different parties, three different parties. And these women all received healing because of their boldness and because of their bravery. The first woman is the woman that crashed the party that we just read about. And this blessed woman crashed the party and I'm calling her the seeker. She was a seeker. In the today's divine gospel in St. Luke, it says, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. When she knew. What does that mean? Those little words, this, the subtleness that happens in Scripture, we shouldn't overlook. When she knew, that means that she was seeking. She went around and she asked and she said, where is Jesus? I am seeking Jesus. And when she knew that she, he was in Simon's house, she went. She went. If the sinner lady is actively seeking out Jesus, we can safely assume that he heard his preachings before. That he heard at least about him. That she knew that he was some prophet or the Messiah and so forth, but that he was preaching forgiveness, release, that if you were wary as a sinner, that you come and you find seeking. She knew. She knows that he's the kind of person who will see her and not just see her sin. That her label will no longer be the sinner woman. All of a sudden that Jesus didn't call her. Jesus is not the one that called her the sinner woman. It's the people that were around that called her the sinner woman. Jesus had a different label for this woman. And she's so brave and she's so bold. And she says, I'm going to walk in to this room full of men. I'm assuming it was only men at this time that sat around the table and just walked in and did what she did that was so bold. She knew that she sinned. 
She knew who she was, but she even knew more than that. She knew who Jesus was. And that is important. That she came, she didn't care about what the Pharisees would think about her. She didn't care about even what she had known that she had done in the past. What she cared about was where Jesus was going to take her in terms of healing. And that she needed to do something about that. That she needed to be one of those to just come close to Jesus. The amazing, this amazing woman was a seeker. That she didn't just say, sit back and say, okay, well, I will wait until Jesus may pass by and by luck and by chance, I may, uh, you know, see him. No, she was truly seeking him. And one of the lessons that we need to learn today is that we come and we need one thing is to seek. When you walk into the church today, you carry maybe many hurts that you carry for many years. But the one thing that we need is to come and to say, Lord, I'm coming to you today and putting everything at your feet. I don't care what the person to my right or to my left will think of me. I'm coming today, Lord, because I'm seeking healing as this woman was a seeker. St. Mark the Ascetic says, He who seeks the forgiveness of sins loves humility, but he who judges another strengthens his own evil deeds against himself. He who seeks forgiveness of sins. You know, I spoke about this many times of my experience, our experience in Zambia, when at the end of the liturgy, when the women and most of the congregation, if not all the congregation, men and children and women all broke out into the song, which was, today is my miracle day. Why? They broke out into the song because they were seeking forgiveness and they received forgiveness because this is one of the greatest miracles that you and I could receive. It's not the healing of a disease. It's not the walking of somebody that is paralyzed. It's the forgiveness of sins. That's what is our miracle. So walking in, seeking forgiveness of sins is what we are seeking for today. And we come this morning on this weekend of Thanksgiving and we say, thank you, Lord, for this woman. This woman that was labeled as a sinner is now labeled as a seeker. And a seeker that truly brought her to a place of healing. The second woman, she was a strong woman. And this woman was a struggler. This is the one that you see in Vespers. And this woman also crashed the party because it speaks about this was the woman that had the blood flow for many years. And it says that the multitude in the Gospel of Luke, it says, but when the multitude, but as he went, the multitudes thronged him. This word thronged him means almost crushed him. That meaning that there were so many people around him. We don't use this word thronged. I, I, I've never used it ever in a, a sentence. But like it's, almost crushed him. There were so many people around Jesus. And it says right after, now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came behind them and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? Again, something ridiculous. Sorry. Like, it seems silly. Even the disciples, when they turned to Jesus and they said, what do you mean who touched you? Do you not see the thousands of people that are around you? It seems a little bit ridiculous to ask this question, Jesus. Sorry to say, but like, what? Like, there's a million people that touched you. 
And yet he says, who touched you? When you add something ridiculous or something that doesn't make total sense and you add Jesus, change is going to happen. And this is what happened. This woman had this desire. This woman desired to see Jesus and to be healed. How many people that they touched Jesus? So many people touched, touched him. How many people with diseases touched Jesus that day and were not healed? There's a difference between this woman putting in that effort and going and touching the garment of Jesus with the desire of being healed. She took responsibility. She took responsibility and that's why this is a struggler. People that struggle in the world take responsibility. They don't blame others for everything. They don't make excuses. They don't blame the weather. They don't blame how many people are around Jesus. They don't say, wow, I'll just do it another time. A struggler will do it now. They won't procrastinate. They won't blame others. They will make an effort to get there. This amazing woman struggled and the result was healing. You and I could do this as well. We just need to put in a little bit of struggle. When it comes to confession, we need to struggle. When it comes to forgive someone, we need to struggle. When it comes to speaking up and doing what's right, we need to struggle. When it comes to prayer, when it comes to repentance, when it comes to reconcile, when it comes to return to the church, whatever it may be, we need to struggle. We need to put in an effort like this woman did and have the desire like this woman did and take responsibility like this wonderful woman did. The result is healing. If you're coming today seeking healing, if you're coming seeking healing, understand that it's okay for us to struggle. Then maybe even your struggle is just getting out of bed in the morning. There are so many people that say some mornings I just don't want to get out of bed. And if this morning was one of those mornings and you're here, then good on you. Good on you because that struggle is not going to go unnoticed by our Savior. And the third woman is this woman that she was a star. And this was the woman that we heard this morning in Matins. She also crashed the party. And the party was maybe not like a physical party. But it was a party that they felt at the time only Jews were invited to this party of salvation. That she said that I'm a Canaanite woman. And she needed healing for her daughter. Jesus challenged her to see clearly where she stood before him. Like what Jesus said to her, some of us may have said that it's not nice. It's not nice to say that. It's not good to give, you know, what did it, the food to dogs. Like he called her a dog. It's not nice, Jesus. Like you're a nice Jesus. You shouldn't be saying things like this. Again, something that didn't seem to fit with the rest of scripture. Is this your character, Jesus? Absolutely not. Because when you bring something that doesn't fit and you bring Jesus, healing will happen. Had she been full of pride, had she been full of pride and uh, she would have just walked away. You know, had she been impatient or insincere, she would have left. But she knew that in this man, she can encounter salvation. Not only just for herself, but also for her daughter. She refused to be denied and that's why she's a star when you look at those people that are superstars when you look at an athlete that is called a superstar one of the things that they have is that they won't be denied 
You know, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, was one of those that wouldn't be denied. That if he failed, he would try again. That he would try again. He wouldn't be denied. This woman wouldn't be denied salvation. No. No, salvation is not just for the Jews. You're a Jesus that I know what you have preached. I hear you. And I need salvation for my daughter. I need healing for my daughter. And I need salvation for myself and for my daughter. And she refused to let go. She was a star. And we need to follow the example of these three simple women, but incredible women. We must become seekers like the first woman. We must become strugglers like the second woman. We must become a striver like this third woman. And all of these women had something also in common. And I'm sure they had a heart that was truly a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving. And obviously I can't pass this weekend without speaking about the importance of being thankful and having a thankful heart. And it's not just a matter of giving back the glory to God. It's about making us realize that God is truly present at all times. The church teaches us to pray the Thanksgiving prayer in every start of every single one of our services. Whether it's a liturgy, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a funeral, we pray the prayer of Thanksgiving. Why? Because the prayer of Thanksgiving is a miracle worker on its own. The prayer of Thanksgiving is what brings our heart to a place of mush, ready to accept the word of God. And these women, for sure, after they received healing, were thankful for whatever they received. Their life was transformed. Why? Because they realized the presence of God was truly there. They realized it before, but they realized it even more after. And they were thankful for everything that God has given. We need to learn to be thankful in every occasion. I said the story yesterday that this week, uh, you know, I had one day that was not a really good day. And this day was a day when... Um, uh, basically, I got a flat tire. So my, my wife's car needed a change of tires and she was traveling. So I said, don't take this car because this car has bad tires. Take my car and I'll go buy you new tires. So I went to buy new tires from Costco. So I went to Costco and Costco didn't have them in stock. They said they're going to be here next Wednesday. No problem. Next Wednesday. One more week. What? That's not, not a big deal. So I pull out, I buy the tires, I pull out of Costco, I go do an appointment and I come out of the appointment and I'm driving no more than five kilometers and I hit the, the, the side of the sidewalk. The tire pops. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I just, like, Jesus, like, please. Like, you know, I went to do the right thing. I went to buy tires. You don't need to pop my tire now. You could have waited a week. So anyways, so I said, okay. Thank, thank God for my dad. My dad taught me how to change tires and brakes on my car like at a young age. So I said, okay, what's the big, I'll just change the tire. So I look for the spare in the car. I find the spare and I, I pull into the parking lot like it was a parking lot like this, a business. So I start changing the tire. It's not, it's easy. Who changed the tire here before? Just a show of hands. I want to see. Okay, we need to work on you guys. Every, a little bit more. Everybody needs to know this skill on how to change size. Anyway, so I ch I'm starting to change the tire. I get down to the last bolt to take off the tire. And the, I don't know what it's called, the wrench, the whatever the wrench that I was using, it's a big thick piece of metal, snaps in half. 
And I was like, seriously? Seriously? Like, first of all, I know I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. Like, I'm not going to break a piece of steel in half. Anyway, so it breaks in half, but it's a specific size for the nut, like to take off the nut of the car. So now I'm stuck in a parking lot with my car jacked up. Four bolts are off. One is still on. I can't take off the tire. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So uh, whatever. I look around. I said, okay, do I walk to Canadian Tire? No, that's too far. Uh, so I look and there. I look in the parking lot and I see another car that's the same car, uh, an Acura. So I said, okay, let me go inside this business and ask if I could borrow their tool. So I go in and thank God, yes, um, they they have the tool. I change the tire and I go home. And I want to tell you, I said thank God now. Okay. I wasn't saying thank God like two days ago. I was like not happy. I was like fuming. My wife was at home. She called me and she's like all in a good mood and I am not having it. Like I don't want to have a conversation. Like I'm upset. Like I'm so angry at like something so tiny. I went to buy tires. Just wait till next Wednesday and pop all the tires you want. Like why, why now? I was so angry. And then somebody brought to my attention. It's like, what were you thankful for in this situation? I'm like, nothing. What, are you what, what is there to be thankful for? I spent, you know, three, four hours when something that was supposed to take 15 minutes. And he's like, think about it. Think about it. Your wife could have taken this car uh, to, on her chip and it could have been a lot worse. This tire could have been popped there. You could have been stuck in a, a parking lot that didn't have another Acura and had that tools. There's so many things that you could just turn your heart and say thank you lord for providing for me i know it seems silly i know it seems silly because we all have caa and we all have roadside assistance all the but at this moment i failed in this moment to bring god's presence in that moment it was something so simple i could have just said thank you lord for providing another car that has the same tool in the parking lot Thank you for making a breakdown here and not, you know, I don't know, two kilometers away where there is no Acura at that point or whatever. It's important for us to come to a place of thanksgiving at all times. Why? To make us realize that God is truly present at all times. I pray that in this time that we take the lesson of these three wonderful women, that we truly seek God with all our heart, that nothing Nothing stops us from coming into the church and coming and partaking of the Eucharist and say, Lord, I'm seeking healing today. To be strugglers like this woman, that nothing will prevent me, Lord. Not my tiredness, not the weather, not my car that has a flat tire. Nothing will prevent me from realizing that you are truly present at, with us at all times. And that truly, Lord, I will be a striver, someone that will not give up, that will not be denied. I will not let you go, Lord, until you bless me. I will not let you go, Lord, until you bless me. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.